This is Dave Morris recording for Hacker Public Radio and I'm here in South Morningside in Edinburgh uh, interviewing two people, one of whom is my son Tim and his friend and I'd like you to introduce yourselves, Tim. Uh, my name's Tim Morris, uh, I'm Dave's son, uh, I study music full-time as a student at Napier University in Edinburgh. I'm currently in, finished my second year and going into my third, and I specialize in composition. My name is John Pavlik. I am uh, a resident of Michigan, USA, and I am a full-time software developer and uh, .NET, all that sort of stuff, and uh, I'm over here on holiday. So you guys have been friends for a number of years. How did you actually meet in the first place? Oh, well, it was... Uh, a while ago, it was in 2006, and I think John had posted a a post on a on an online forum called Internet DJ <laughs> of all things, uh, asking for someone to do a collaboration with him. And at this time, I'd I'd been um, producing uh, for a couple of years beforehand, and I, I I really wasn't getting anywhere very fast in my opinion. So I thought a collaboration would really help me. Um, uh, pick up some some more some more techniques to use. Little did uh, Tim know that I posted that thread in the collaboration sub forum because uh, I was even more of a rank amateur than he, having only you know been using the software for about six months and with no real formal musical training or talent to speak of. I was hoping to get you know paired up with someone with you know all kinds of experience that would show me how to crank out the number ones in a pretty timely fashion. So um, that was kind of what I was going for. But Tim was the only person who responded to the thread. So I thought, <laughs> well, we'll see where it goes. So I listened to some of his music on his profile, and I thought, oh, this kid's a pro. And uh, so a friendship was forged. <laughs> I, I think really the skill levels were, were quite matched, and I think that's why we ended up doing so much work together and ended up becoming friends, because our skills set matched pretty much perfectly at that time uh well music production wise but uh and we shared a lot of, like a lot of similar views but our our backgrounds were very complete were just completely different really i don't think we realized how different until no. until possibly until this week actually yeah <laughs> there's a lot of things which uh you don't mention in instant messenger or online i mean a lot of details that yeah. end up being unsaid so, so. It, you spent quite a lot of time communicating one with one another yeah. outside the music context. Did you? Well, we we say that we well, they all started from a collaboration, mm -hmm. but the amount of collaborations we actually finished was over over the seven years or so that we've known each other. I think we finished maybe two, uh, uh, and most of the, most of the other time it's just been 
chatting. Yeah, so right. Yeah. Um, we 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 did finish a few pieces, but uh, we uh, we really didn't. We're not much of completionists, I suppose. Um, <laughs> what happened is that we just we started talking and we realized that we had a lot in common, despite the, the you know despite the the, the distance. And the completely different cultures and the completely different backgrounds. We did have a lot in common. And we were going through some of the same stuff, you know, both being teenagers, both being in high school, mm-hmm. both trying to find our, ourselves and our way in the world. And, socially uh, awkward as well. Socially <laughs> awkward. I wasn't going to mention that. But. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, okay. I, suppose, I suppose this we're is a hacker together, yeah. sort of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what type of music was it then? What's your what's your main interest, or is it is it very wide? Well, it, it matched up, I would say, uh, back then. Uh, more, well, definitely more than it does now. Yes. Uh, we both like we like trans music a lot back oh, okay. then, okay. and uh, and I guess we were both trying to uh, replicate it, but in in different different ways and in using different approaches. I remember when I, we first were doing collaboration, you were. You were banned from using kick drums oh, in right, one of the tracks. Yes, so. yes. Um, I grew up in a, a somewhat oppressive religious environment, and it was a bit more uh, extreme than probably was healthy. And my uh, my mother at the time had to banned me from using any sort of percussion, really, because she thought that it was the work of the devil. So. Oh, I was trying to write trance tracks without kick drums, and that was that was a bit of an exercise. Trying to find a sense of rhythm and propulsion without using any frequencies below like you know two hundred hertz was well, quite <laughs> frankly, impossible. <laughs> One of our first collaborations, though, uh, indeed, doesn't have any kick drums throughout the whole thing, uh, and it really did make us think outside of the box because, I mean, like you were saying, like the. A huge part of, of the trans genre is is having a constant four four beat mm-hmm. the whole time that people can dance to and you can mix mix two tracks together with and we had none of that it was yeah we were it wasn't like we were trying to write ambient or something where we wouldn't have needed any percussion we were trying to write dance music without yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it'd be like uh, trying to to dice an onion without a knife so yeah yeah yeah. So did how, how did things develop from there? Did you did that take you off into different music genres or or what? Um, I would say that a big part of being an electronic musician, especially in the internet age, is that you are constantly exposed to new ideas and mm-hmm. new styles of music mm-hmm. and new ways mm-hmm. of thought. And that I mean, I we've both kind of been all over the shop in mm. different in different uh, directions over the years. We, I mean, we started out on pretty much the same road, but there's there were so many developments and trends and and different paths that, that we ended up taking uh, that now we have we both still enjoy electronic music a lot, but it's the our our tastes are wildly different, really. Like if you if you compared our our uh, our iPods together, I think you might find about maybe three or four artists that would be the same and that mm. would all be from a very specific time period in probably 2007 2008 when the whole blog music thing was really big and 90% of my music was stuff that Tim sent me over uh, Gtalk <laughs> and uh, I downloaded and, and kept <laughs> yeah I know I know Tim's moved away from trance because I seem to have all his collection in my house still <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so yeah, so your 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 friendship just kept kept on and sort of seemed to grow, I guess. And I, yeah, as a as an outside observer, I just knew you were you Tim were constantly mentioning. Well, oh, I said mm-hmm. such and such to John today, and John said so and so, and um, and so it it it, it developed until. Mm-hmm. November 2011 what tell us what happened then right well our i mean the our relationship really just transcended music very quickly because yeah. like we we're saying we had so much in common uh-huh. and um we we basically kept ourselves updated throughout throughout all the things that are happening through our lives you know i i went to college and did uh, full time music for the first time and then went on to uni um while john was was Doing all sorts of things. I went to college for a bit and uh, moved out of the house and met a girl and it was just kind of a whirlwind. I mean, through high school, we pretty regularly, we I, I'd say that most of our, most of the time we spent together was during high school because we both really, really didn't have schedules or anything mm-hmm. major going mm-hmm. on. We'd come home, I'd come home from school and sign into GTalk and there would be Tim and we'd be like, he'd be like, hey, what's up? And they'd be like, hey man. And he'd be like, hey, I just got a Dreamcast, and it's the best thing ever. And he'd be like, well, what's a Dreamcast? And he'd be like, you know, the Sega one from the 90s. You know, and it was just like this, it was just, we both really had, at least I know myself, I had trouble fitting in with my peers. So our friendship was kind of like 90% of my social life, if not more. <laughs> it was it was a breath of normalcy and acceptance, you know. That's amazing, yeah. So in, in November you you got married, John. I November two thousand. I married the girl, and uh, I was thinking, you know, who can I have to be my best man? Because I had moved away from the area I grew up in, and at the time I didn't really feel particularly close with any of my schoolmates. They just we never really got on that well, to be honest. And I thought, well, um, I wonder if Tim would be up for a trip over. I mean, I I wonder if that would be too much to ask of a person that I've never actually met in real life to be my best man, but. He's kind of the only person qualified. He's one of the few people in my life right now that I've known for any length of time. I mean, I've known Tim longer than I've known my wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, fortunately, he said, yeah, sure. I said, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. It'd be great. And uh, it, it was, actually. <laughs> it was quite a trip, that Tim. Yeah. yeah, I went over for 10 days. Uh, for I think I arrived probably about a week before the wedding so I was in I was in um, kind of last stages of getting everything sorted for the wedding so in that time we did get through a couple of rehearsal dinners and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and John was still working before his wedding right until the very last day uh, so uh, well music wasn't a very big part of that but I no, think that's no. I think that's reflected that reflects our whole relationship really that it it was based on music and it still is based on music mm-hmm. but it's it it really becomes so much other so many other things as well yeah yeah that's fantastic and john you were saying that that your outlook was was changed quite a lot by having a a foreign friend really yeah it was tim exposed i was i grew up in a very insular and segregated community and Tim was Tim was very different from that. He was a bit more, I guess, worldly-wise, I suppose. I never knew that people were interested in fashion. And I never knew that people were, you know... I, I, I don't know, it was just very different. I was used to um, 
I guess people that were very boring and didn't really do a lot outside of going to church and partaking in religious ceremony. And uh, Tim kind of, he introduced me to a lot of interesting things and we had a lot of interesting discussions about philosophy and I mean, we're 16 and discussing philosophy, so it was probably pretty basic. But to me at the time, <laughs> I had never been exposed to anything like that. And uh, I don't know, it was just, it was very different. And uh, just, you know, talking to, in some of the words too, uh, he told me, <laughs> oh, I went out and bought a jumper. In the States, a jumper is a dress worn by, you know, little girls in kindergarten that, uh, and I was like, well, why is Tim buying jumpers? Is this normal? And, uh, you know, when it was actually just a jacket. So, yeah, it was it was interesting to yeah. to do that and to meet someone from another place and to yeah. get to know them. Yeah. So you were saying to me earlier this week that uh, that you your coming over to the UK was was something of a of a big, big leap in comparison to, to many people in your your part of the States. Yeah. So did you put that down to your to your friendship with Tim? Oh, absolutely. Um, just like the the mindset that that seems to be more common over here, and that I picked up from him a bit is that the world is a really big place that deserves to be traveled and explored. And uh, I feel like traveling is a bit more common over here than it is in the states, where people are more than content to you know go to school for twenty years, work for forty, live for another twenty on a pension, and then just die. <laughs> and uh, that it that the uh, I don't I don't know America seems to at least my little part of the Midwest seems to be very comfortable in staying there mm-hmm. and not exploring mm-hmm. much or not doing anything uncomfortable. So, yeah, I would I would say that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So have you have you felt about being over in the UK? What, what's what's your impression overall? I really like it a lot. Um, it's it's it, uh, it, it's very different from what I'm used to, but. I've noticed uh, a lot of things are really efficient, really well done. The public transportation system in Edinburgh is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone seems to be more eco-friendly, more interested in preserving the environment, and not in a look at me, I'm a soccer mom, trying to lay this trend sort of way. Mm-hmm. Really, in a, I would really like to be living on this earth for another several millennia sort of way. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's kind of cool too. It's a bit more sustainable over here. And the food's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not what you expect to hear. People say usually say British food is rubbish. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen his face when we, uh, when we introduced him to the half pizza supper, which is, if, if, if anyone doesn't know, it's, uh, it's a frozen pizza, of the, usually of the cheap variety, which is cut in half and then deep fried. Uh, and you serve it with chips, and it's, and it's called a supper. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say that's probably the most American thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> it was fried pizza. You <laughs> got right at home. Right, right after I ate that, I strongly considered going out and getting a, an eagle tattoo in my bicep. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So what about going back to the music? You have you been writing any? collaborating on any anything recently well we we do try things i mean it's and i don't think uh well uh well i don't think a, a long period of time like a half a year goes by without us attempting something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the amount of, the amount of commitments that well especially john has and we both have means that um that doing something where we, we're both so far apart and things move 
really quite slowly, it means that it's hard to be motivated for a long period of time if you're working on a track for a very long period of time. Because I mean, we both work in a similar way, which is um, getting is is getting it done, like the the base work done and sorted in a very short condensed period of time, um, and then putting the finishing touches on it later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's 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 really important. Uh, to preserve that momentum that you get when you first start exploring mm-hmm. an idea, because if you can't get that, if you can't get the, if you can't get most of a track written in the first few studio sessions, then it just usually ends up rotting and never being finished, and you start to hate it because you've heard it so much and you mm-hmm. don't know what to add. Yeah. But it's really been nice because we have, we didn't really get, we didn't have time. I was about to get married the last time I saw him. There was no time to work on anything. And we tried a few different times, but we really didn't have any time to sit down for hours at a time and be like, "All right, we're gonna you know, we're gonna record some stuff. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make it mm-hmm. happen." Yeah. But since I've been over here, we've actually had a little bit of time to work on some material, and uh, it's gone really well. And we, we're we're pretty close with finishing a track that I think is probably some probably the nicest sounding thing I've ever worked on, <laughs> to be completely honest. And uh, it's been cool to see that our workflow we, we can mm-hmm. both work so well together and so quickly. I don't know. It just felt it felt very natural. There wasn't it wasn't like okay. So what are you going to do? What am I going to do? One of us will sit at the computer. And one of us will sit at the keyboard. And then after a bit, we'll swap, and it just works really well. It's never for a lack of ideas that things don't get finished. It's, it's for a lack of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. For sure. The fact that uh, just uh, during this week that you've been here, John, you're just living up the road from from Tim's mm, flat. Yeah, you've been able to get up early and <laughs> and come down here and uh, and. Do stuff together, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 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 pretty good. That's really good. You should have had a longer holiday, and you could have produced. I keep telling them that, yeah. 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 I, I'm convinced now that the uh, that it might be a wise investment to save up a good bit of money and then take a leave of absence for a few months mm-hmm. and just stay over here and maybe explore some other parts of Europe as well. Because I mean, this is my first this is my first time really properly being out of the country, mm. out of the states, and uh, the world seems so much bigger now. Yeah. So. I definitely would like to do that at some point within the next few yeah. years. Cool, cool. So, to wind up then, is there anything that we can point the, the listeners at in terms of your, your music? Is there anything online that uh, we can point out? Is there anything we can, we can add to uh, a sample to, the, to this particular episode? Well, unfortunately, the, the only projects we had finished were things about uh, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... We've changed a lot since then. You'd and rather not. <laughs> short answer, yes. We'd rather not. But we would like to finish something soon and we would like mm-hmm. to get up online. And I think uh, if we keep the listeners posted mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So We'll, we'll, uh, we'll try and do a, a brief follow-up maybe and uh, and introduce what whatever you've managed to, to uh, compose in the, in the yeah, intro. Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. And also if, if it would be possible to... Uh, to to upload some of our tracks over the time period that we we we've been working together, it'd be quite funny. Be <laughs> it would be funny uh, to to see the evolution in music, and maybe yeah. that and yeah. maybe that would uh, maybe give some kind of idea of of how we've both changed. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. And also, uh, pretty much at the same pace throughout the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's why we've our friendship has managed to endure for so long mm-hmm. is because we we generally we generally been. Um, changing at the same pace you know mm-hmm. going through similar similar parts of our life at the same time i mean obviously john had, did 
get a head start because he got married in a job. But right, that was <laughs> that was uh, that was just a very unique set of circumstances that put me in a position where I could do all of that very quickly and just get it out of the way, and move on with my life. But I don't know if things would have gone that way if I would have done that. If you know a very very specific set of circumstances hadn't existed. But it's another thing that I joke about with Tim on, on occasion is that it's funny how if you look at our lives, there are some very interesting and unexpected parallels. Mm. And uh, like we've been interested in the same things not even knowing it. I mean, mm. obviously music was the first one. Recently, I started racing BMX uh, bikes. And I told him, hey, you know, I race bikes. And he said, what? Cycling, really? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, I've been, you know, I'm into touring and and he, you know, about the same time he had gotten into cycling in a really major way. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier this year, he just completed like what, 250 miles uh, across Europe or well, something unbelievable <laughs> like that. We did 700 miles actually, so oh, wow. a bit more unbelievable. <laughs> he, he, he just completed a 700 mile bike ride, more or less. <laughs> and uh, it's just crazy to see. There's been a few other things like that where we, we both got into things at completely different times, mm-hmm. or no, at the same time. But in slightly, of course, in slightly different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny to me, but it's I'm not I'm not even really surprised by it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's hope we hear hear more of this. Maybe the next time you visit, it'll be a, a long cycle ride across Europe, um, and we can do a recording about that, perhaps. That would be That'd interesting. Be fun, yeah. 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 We could we could keep sure. like an audio journal. Day three, <laughs> <laughs> legs will never move again. <laughs> Heat stroke unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. Thank you very much.
You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.